shit. <laughs> Did you a, hear that sound? Yeah, it sounded like a fart. Hold on. It's humid here in Chicago. Do we have a grippy? That was really anticlimactic. Worth it. <laughs> Julie? Yeah. I think a lot of your skills as a healer. But that was a shitty pour. Man, also, opening that was not awesome. Um... <laughs> Speaking of skills as a healer, I was watching season one, episode three of Outlander, The, the Way Out, mm-hmm. and you know what I learned that we needed? You know what we were missing? What? White willow bark. You want to know why? Why? Because it's good for a whiskey headache. Ugh. Is it, do you think it's fair to assume that if we had the last, well, we'll say two weeks, quote unquote, but we all know it was two weeks ago. Oh, a week ago. One week. I don't even know. It's been, the chronology just happened. Fucked. Just like on Outlander, the chronology is um, if we had had white willow bark, would we have been in better shape? Man, I don't know. We were fucking wrecked. I'm pretty sure that I think we would not have. No. Um, I'm pretty sure that we would have been fucked. Apologies to Galus Duncan if we had all the white willow bark in the world. Yeah, we were really um, hung over, you guys. And I know we talked about it a lot, but you know what? We're not today. You know what? It's a better way. It's a better way to record a podcast is not to be hammered doo-dooed. You know, Julie, I think it's not so much that it's a better way to report, record a podcast as it is a better way to um, live. <laughs> you make your choices and I'll make mine. No, but but you don't actually disagree with me. <laughs> no, I know. You just wanted like a sick line there. I'm kidding. It was right there. Was I can't say no when the muse visits. God, you are giving me such a headache that I need some white willow bark. <laughs> Nailed it! Uh, and with the end of that attempted bit, hi, I'm Allison Shoemaker. I'm Julie Starbird. And that's Janine. Hey. Uh, and this is Podlander Drumcast, an Outlander podcast. We are continuing our season one rewatch and talking about episode three of season one, The Way Out. Mm-hmm. And if you thought that The Way Out was that Claire just gets the fuck out and goes back to the Dick Rocks, you were wrong. Sadly mistaken. Very sadly mistaken. Instead, it's her, her strategy seems to be to make herself way more valuable to them. I know. It's like she ingratiates themselves into their lives. And then instead of doing what I would call the nail method, which is doing the things that are asked of you, but doing them not 100% great. <laughs> she said of her husband. Yeah. She she does them 105% great. So it's like why would they ever have you leave? Why didn't you say yes, I'll be your healer and then be a shitty healer? Like everybody got diarrhea at once. You know what I'm saying? Well, she does give that that advice from Mrs. Fitz. And we'll talk about that because it's maybe my favorite scene in the whole episode. So mm-hmm. we'll get there. Um but it hey. did open on all of her incredible herbs and potions. And oh yeah, I your, thought, your little your little one shot teaser bloody blah. Right, and beginning. this time it was the first time in season one rewatch that I have realized that that's there, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. So it opens up on all these cool old bottles with herbs and bullshit in them, and I'm like, all that's missing is Stevie Nicks. Now here Claire goes again. You say she's lost her freedom. <laughs> I didn't even know that was going to happen. Well, who are we to bring her down? 
Mm. The muse is really with us today. Man, I, I don't know. know. Well, Stevie it. Nicks. She's, uh, she floats around in the ether. <laughs> hey, fans. Fans at home. Uh. True, All six of you. True story. Julie hates Stevie Nicks so much that if you really want to fuck with her, find her on the internet and send her a clip of Landslide. Gross. Because Julie, here's the thing. Julie loves Landslide, but it will wreck her. So you could just send her go your own way and that'll piss her off. But if you really want to destroy Julie, she resents the fact that she loves Landslide. (sighs) It's true. So she will resent it and and sob all at once. It's a fucking good song, but I fucking hate her. She's been afraid of changing. (laughs) But she built her life around Landslide. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway... Patty. So, uh, so we're going to talk about the way out. But first, we want to give a little hey to our Patreon supporters. We've had a couple of new ones. We'll touch on those names at the end. But thanks to everybody who's backing us. You're making our lives way easier. So now when we go to buy the beer from breweries that are not sponsoring us, uh, we're spending our own money that is our own money as opposed to our own money that... We're, no. Wait. <laughs> well, we're spending our own money on the beer. However, we're not also spending our own money on uh, site hosting and um, mm-hmm. distribution and shit like that. So now we're just buying alcohol instead of alcohol and all of the expensive, fancy technical shit. So thank you very, very, very much. It makes the beer taste better, doesn't it? Yeah, guys, it does. Guys, it's cheers. Ready? Cheers. cheers. And... You know, Julie and I did that so in unison that I'm pretty sure that listening at home, you won't know that that was two people. That was two people. That was both of us. Two people's relief at beer. Yeah, it was was beer relief. Beer relief. Mm. I'm I'm funnier when I'm hungover, you guys. The music left. So, (laughs) it's because we disparaged Stevie Nicks. Am I not? Not yet. Not yet. Give us some time. Um... So, uh, The Way Out seems like it's maybe going to be a filler episode, and in some ways it is. They talk yeah. about The Gathering so much that you can yeah. tell that like that's where the action's really going to start. And by mm. the action, I mean, I am ready for the action. Just we pray the action. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually a really great episode, I think. There are a lot of interesting things that happen that come to play later in that season. Um, we get a lot more of Galus, who, as you know, is my favorite if you can have a favorite that's insane um which you can you can gonzo's um, my favorite muppet yeah i mean but aren't all the muppets insane i don't know gonzo in particular i think has this certain level uh, well i mean, I mean animal he, he literally has to be chained up animal yes animal but like gonzo carries camilla around and that's a little like what's going on there yeah mm-hmm. that's a little bit like the people who marry the eiffel tower <laughs> <laughs> or the wrong? guy who married his own truck because he got a sweet paint job on it and he's like I just needed to have my last name <laughs> yes. yeah so uh, Galus uh, isn't that crazy well you know what yeah, she's worse yeah. spoilers we'll get to the spoiler section okay. later um, <laughs> um, but we start this episode that's mostly Claire and company like it's Claire and various companions in the 18th century in the 20th century. Yeah, and it's her and Frank on the train platform getting ready for Claire to go to the front lines of World War II. And Frank is not happy about He's it. He's not happy about it. And uh, you can tell that they're sort of at the end of a long-standing argument where he wants to pull some strings uh, because he's a white cisgendered man. Mm-hmm. That allows him to make it so she doesn't have to go to the front. She's like, um, no, we may as well all give up and start speaking German. Ooh, did I say German? I mean Prussian. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> Um, I mean, 
Prussia. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and she's basically like not having it. She says that you know it's not going to do her any good to be back in London because her husband's not going to be there. So she may as well be making a difference. And um, and, and she they gets have on a the very train. sweet moment and like a pretty good little kiss on there's the train. A, there's a great picture on IMDb of that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking at it right now. Yeah, they had a nice little kiss there. And then she gets on the train and blows home in limbo. She's out. Yeah. Going to the front lines. And Frank is staying in London to work in intelligence. Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And withstanding interrogation. Which, uh, step one, don't get hammered (laughs) and forget every fucking thing that your husband told you about withstanding interrogation. Right, remember that. Um, And then all of a sudden, like... Just like somebody dumped a bucket of cold water over our head, we see Claire getting a bucket of cold water dumped over her head, and we are back in the 18th century with one of my favorite characters in the series, Mrs. Fitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's getting Claire scrubbed, clean, and ready. And uh, Claire seems kind of out of it, and Mrs. Fitzgibbons is asking her questions, and Claire's like, can, can I be honest with you? And then she lays it on the line, and then... Miss Fitzgibbons freaks out. It's actually like really well acted, and Claire is explaining that like her husband's not dead; he just hasn't He's been, been born, born. <laughs> and no one is going to believe her. And can she tell the truth to Mackenzie? She doesn't even know she can go back through the stones. And Mrs. Fitz, at first, you think she's going to be understanding, and then all of a sudden, she's not. I see you now for what you are. You're there, a face and honey of tongue. And then she slaps her right across the damn face because she's obviously a witch. <laughs> You're right? a witch. Ah, oh, the good old days. And then, Julie, what was it? Hmm. What was the scene? What was the scene? I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it wasn't real. It wasn't real. No, it was <laughs> fake. Because then Claire just sits there, and she's back in the mirror, and she's like, well, I obviously can't do that. Yep. So it didn't actually happen that way. Really? That was just Claire it, fantasizing it sweet, about. sweet, sweet fantasy, baby, baby. Yeah. when I close my eyes. So she's just in the mirror, like, letting Mrs. Fitzgibbons comb her hair or whatever, just thinking about what it would have been like if she's like, I'm from the future, and Mrs. Fitzgibbons slapped her across the face. But that didn't happen. Yeah. Instead, Mrs. Fitz gives her some great advice and is like, listen, the gathering happens once every couple decades. It's Seriously, a big though. deal a if big you can make yourself valuable to the Mackenzies, they are going to be more likely to do what you want. So please prove your worth. Just like, go for it. That's going to be good. Which seems like good advice until you forget that she has no power. Yeah, and she, as long as she's being good at something or doing something that proves her worth, they're just going to want to hold on to her. Like, her, her best bet would probably be to convince them that she is both rich and stupid. Yeah, just so act dumb. She would be a financial drain. She'd be drinking all that ranish wine and eating, like, every stuffed duck liver you know she what? could or some shit. She drinks a lot of that ranish even still. She does. But, but then... <laughs> But then she's like constantly healing bones and giving butt massages. We'll get oh, there. Oh, yeah. We're getting to the butt rub. Um, and, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. It's coming up. Um, it's a nice butt. It is. Better than you'd think. Yeah, definitely better than <laughs> you'd think. Anyway, um, so then she has to continue to go about her day, live her life, do her thing. Um, so she's going through all of her herbs and stuff that were left by what was the... What, the, the or, or, Beaten. Beaten, the guy beaten. that died that was obviously a shitty healer. <laughs> Who, and, and she's listing some of the ingredients they have. And there's like ant eggs that turn into real ants. And then oh, there's no! like horse dung and for headaches. Human it skull. says for headaches on there. And I'm like, horse dung for headaches. Psh, everyone knows you take frog's tongue. 
God, you know, I really could have used some frog's tongue last, last Sunday. <laughs> um, so it's, it's she's surrounded by a whole bunch of ridiculous shit she doesn't need, but she also says there is some good stuff there. But she's got she's trying to catalog all of her herbs and potions and everything and the guy was obviously a fucking quack <laughs> but still had some good shit mm-hmm. so she's trying to find that good shit and uh into her doing her best to make herself valuable uh in comes well, god i don't know rupert angus 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 is Ang- on claire Pert, duty now Ang- rugus rugus uh comes in and it's like hey himself i'd like to see you and so then she has to go and see the Mackenzie to see Colin to see King Ricketts, uh, Gary Lewis, and um, she, comes she goes up there and he hasn't finished his last meeting with his tailor, who looks like he knows what he's doing and obviously does because he came all the way from Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Um, but he made a tactical error <laughs> in that he would have been crucified on Twitter for this. He made a coat. For Colin. A frock coat. A frock coat that was longer than your average frock coat. What I wrote down when I got to that point is that if you say longer than your average frock coat, I assume he's wearing one of those useless 90s floor duster cardigans, like in the craft. Mm -hmm. So then I immediately pictured Colin in like a crocheted floor length black (laughs) cardigan and a choker. Well, I mean... You can't have one without the other. Yeah. <laughs> Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Well, like cardigans, they're like a blanket. It is. Well, it they, is they call that a snuggie. Yeah, snuggie. Just go straight snuggie, man. Why even try to pretend? You can't. Here's the thing. We live in Chicago. If you wear a floor-length cardigan in Chicago, what you're asking for is a handful of mud. Yeah, a handful <laughs> of black snow. This is what coats are for. Black snow. Anyway, so guess who's pissed about long frock coat? And guess why? Because he's like, are you trying to say there's something wrong with my legs? Oh, Julie stepped up her Scottish accent this week. I was thinking about Fat Bastard a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So Colin really like literally tells this guy he could kill him. Oh, yeah. Threatens his fucking life. Like, really? Okay. And you're going to fix my coat. And so the guy's like, "Uh, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. And leaves. And so Claire is treated to this entire moment. Of column. Thank you, my lair. Thank you, my lair. My lair. My wife's people. Thank you, my lair. I'll go. I'll go make you a shorter coat, my lair. And then he goes home and just chops off two inches and reshows the hem and it's everything's fine. Right. But then he cries a little bit while he does it. My lair. I thought it was going to be stylish, my lair. I should in a new trend. Those legs are awful. I brought you this joker too, my lair, and these platform <laughs> sketchers, my lair. Can you imagine King Ricketts walking in some platform sketchers? Oh. You just fall over. And one of those wallets on a chain. Oh, God. So Claire gets to see this shit. So Janine. Janine just said, hey, I have one of those. <laughs> what like that guy? was going to be a point in the favor of the chain wallet. Like, I know you were, a, you were a youngster in the 90s. Of course you had a fucking wallet on a chain. And did what? you play with Pogs, too? And had Jinko jeans. Yes, yeah, of course yeah. you well, did. Well, what guy that's relatively close to either my or Allison's age, hint, they're different, uh... Did not have that fucking chain on chain wallet. Everybody I know had that. Everybody. I I didn't have one, but I am female. Kind of a dude thing. And a youngster. And I did (laughs) I did fucking rock the shit out of some motherfucking chokers though. It's true, Brenna. I love you. I uh, I did not. Um, It's because I have a husky man throat. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if we talked about this week, this last week, but we decided that we have Claire and Tara Dressbach by extension to blame for the choker resurgence because mm-hmm. Claire rocks at a choker a lot. And too. actually, that comes up. Oh, it sure in does in the next episode. Yep. In a not so awesome manner, but we'll get there. <laughs> so Claire has to hear Column just be as true dirtbag to this poor Taylor, and then she's got to go talk to him because she's been summoned. So he's in a shitty mood, right? A real shitty mood. And she's got to be like, "Hi, <laughs> so you 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 wanted to see me? Please don't kill me." And, and then he talks about how did he talk about anything other than that he needed a rub? No, he just he just needed a rub because yeah. I don't know if hurt. you've noticed, but he's got some health problems. <laughs> His legs are a wee bit fucked up, a wee bit. And he talked about how the previous quack ass healer Britain or whatever his name was would give him would massage his legs and it would make him feel better. And Claire's like, well. Actually, <laughs> you, she hesitates, and he's like, "Do my legs disgust you?" And then she remembers that the last time that he thought that his legs freaked somebody out, he threatened to kill them. <laughs> she's like, no, she's like, no, 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 no. They're actually really cool and beautiful in like a twisted tree kind of way. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, maybe I need to rub the base of your spine, which is code for tuckus. Yeah. So lift up your shaft, shaft, <laughs> and let me get my hands. On your buns. You know, when you're talking about a dude and you say chef, it sounds like shaft, shaft. which makes it sound like a ball rub. So <laughs> I want to be clear. It's your long shaft. Just, just so we know that's exactly where mine went. Yeah. Okay. Long shirt. <laughs> not sh- yeah. not shaft. 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 And long shirt. A long shaft. I think you're right. But anyway, he hikes it right up. No question. And there's his kind of cute little ass. It's a cute little butt. Gary Lewis. Or, or butt double. I mean, I, I shouldn't assume. It's a nice little butt. And then Claire gets to rubbing. Butt rubbing. Butt rub. Yep. <laughs> yep, it's great. Uh, last night, eventually he'll probably be on the show, but last night Julie and I were at the Oasis where we will eventually record this podcast. <laughs> and it's going to be really funny. Uh, celebrating a friend's birthday. And um, our friend Dennis, who's a massage therapist, showed up. And I was there with, with my fella, whose name is Tom. And he was like, I, I feel like I know that guy from somewhere. And I was like, yeah, Tom, that's, that's Dennis. He's a massage therapist. And he went, oh, yeah, he's rubbed my butt. <laughs> it's not a thing you forget. Uh, it was great. Anyway, Dennis Freimeyer, excellent massage therapist. Actually, if seriously, you're in Chicago, look him up. It uh, actually real. Excellent, very affordable. Amazing and incredibly affordable, especially if you're a performer or an artist. And as like, as Jamie says in episode one, you've a good touch. And he, and he loves quantum leaps. Oh, oh, and he loves quantum he leaps. Oh, he is not sponsoring this. We're just saying we love Dennis. And he also <laughs> likes Outlander. Oh, he does. He and his, he wife, and his wife are wife watching. watching right now. So anyway, Dennis Freimeyer, you're the tits. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so Claire gives him the butt rub, and then he asks her, "Will you be my guest tonight?" Because I'm gonna have there's fucking... a musician coming in from out of town. <laughs> I've got Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I forgot to listen, Julie. I forgot to listen it's directly. Okay. I'm I fucking, I fucking went real Irish there. I can't. I'm not good at that. Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> but that doesn't come until later because it's not till the final song where he actually right. sounds like. Well, it. But I mean, anyway. we see him. We see him before then too. Anyway, point being. He is obviously trying to make her feel like less of a prisoner. Right. Because Colin McKenzie is like a badass and kind of a dick, but he's not a monster. No. Um, well, I mean, unless you look at him. Oh, my but. God. 
But he's a good leader, and he's very intelligent, and he knows what he wants, and he doesn't want to make her an enemy until he figures out that he has to make so her an enemy. So he says, please come to this dinner, and they have this musician who's very renowned in the Highlands. And he plays a big harp. <laughs> and Claire goes in and sits down to listen to oh, this but first, but first, But first... She's standing there waiting to enter the room, and Gilf comes up behind her and is like, I hear you rubbed my brother's butt. <laughs> the feral cat pulls in her claws or some yeah, shit. Right. He calls her a feral cat, and it's like, Gilf, Gilf, don't get me wrong. I would totally do you. I would hit that, but please quit being a dick. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so then she's all like pissed. And there, so one of our favorite things about Claire is also one of her biggest time traveler flaws which is that she just doesn't take shit from anybody which makes her a wonderful character and an admirable woman and a terrible time traveler which is really bad uh that's so a lot, that's a lot like martin fly just so you can like yeah yeah but he's a dude it's different it Fair. is different oh you're much very good point yes yeah especially he's in got like that vest. 1743 <laughs> yeah right. and he's got does that she vest. float do stones float? Does a duck float? Like yeah. that shit. Yeah. So <laughs> she has this little exchange with Gilf and is like, fuck you. And then tries to find a place to sit. The only place open is next to Booger Eater Larry. <laughs> no, that's not actually what happens. Well, she, knows she sits and Larry sits down next to her. Oh, and Larry sits damn. and is like, I'm ignoring the Cessnack. I'm going to sit and listen to the music. Although, I, I have to admit, while we're trying to be as unspoiler as possible, there's just no way anyone listening to this can possibly miss that we're not the biggest Leary fans. No, we already said that. So, Leary. She, she, parks, she parks her ass <laughs> next to Claire. And, um, and Claire attempts to make friends. She tries. because she's tanked. Yeah, and because she's drinking that radish. Um, so she tries to talk to her and introduces herself, and Leary's reasonably friendly of standoffish. And then they start having this conversation about how Mr. McTavish cuts quite a fine figure. And she's like, yes, but it's not me he fancies. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Claire gets it in her head that she's going to play matchmaker. She, and she's, she's just going to hook this up. So, so Jamie comes over and sits down in between them, and Claire's like, I was just telling Leary how beautiful she is tonight. And she's beautiful. She's a beautiful girl. And Julie, come on. I, no, of course she is. When she's, she's not eating her boogers. She, when she's not eating her boogers for everyone to see. Uh, and she, Claire keeps trying to make this happen. And if you've ever tried to hook up two people in your life, you know that every once in a while, you're trying to make it happen, and one of them is just making it clear as day that they either are not interested or have no idea what's going on. And either way, that Jamie, no fucks. He's, whichever it is, he's just like, oh, yeah, no, can I talk to you somewhere? I think it's, I think it's Claire. I think it's that he would rather a million times have a conversation with Claire than even look at Larry. You're saying that he's ready to enter England? What I'm saying is... He's fucking at the gates yeah. already. Okay. And it's very clear. And But Claire... London Bridge is falling down. <laughs> not soon enough. Claire's doesn't see that. She just sees that he's not interested in... Well, also, she Leary. is hammered. Well, she is drinking that Rhenish. Rhenish. Also, uh, she does say... She mentions to Claire that sometimes uh, men don't know what's good for them. So she clearly thinks like, oh, here's this young, handsome dude. 
I'm just going to make sure he makes a love connection with this woman he took a violent beating for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're listening to the music for what, like three minutes? And then all and of a sudden he's, he's like, like, oh, my bandage itches. Can oh, you change my, my bandage? My bandage is wet. Like, I don't know how that happened. Can you change that for me? And it's like, Jamie, Jamie. Not gotta, subtle, bro. You got to work on your Although game, man. she's drunk enough that she's like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah, no problem. And then they go down to her little herb dungeon. And she's so hammered that she really cannot help but fucking touch it, touch him. Oh like, yeah, and flirt with him. That's what I oh, wrote down. I called it flirty, Mc, flirty McFlirt yeah. Tavish. Literally cannot help flirting with him, but hell, who could? I mean, you guys. And he says that he wanted to make sure that he got her out of there before she was too drunk. Which I want to remind you that Thank exactly you. one episode ago, Claire was like, "Oh, I forgot the first rule: don't get drunk and fucking lose your mind." When you're in a dangerous situation, and then she just got tanked. But Rennish. it's very charming. It's that Rennish. There's that whole, like, well, why didn't you take the bandage off yourself? And he says, oh, I was afraid you'd scalp me for it, or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. he says. And she says, yes, I'm the healer. I'm in charge. And it's very cute. I don't know why I sounded like Mary Poppins just then. <laughs> well, it's very cute. For and every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun, <laughs> and it is underneath Jamie's kilt. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire's just finally figuring the fun out here. Yeah. Uh, so she's drunk and she can't really help herself. I mean, like we said, who could? And it's very, it's It's very super charming. flirty and it's cute. And you know that she hasn't given up the goat on Frank yet. Well, because she like, keeps talking about what a wonderful man he is mm-hmm. and she misses him so much. But like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it flashes to the next morning and Claire walks out of Castle Leoc, right? No. Castle Leoc in the most incredible infinity scarf I've ever seen. Oh, it's so good. It's so chunky and big and just like I wrap myself in it and it's my life. And she walked out and I was like, oh God, see that, that's what I was missing from Scotland. I, your weird arm sleeves, like I get it. But oh, I love the arm sleeves. I, yeah. But that, that infinity scarf, I'm like, I could take about 40 of those, please, Terry. Terry, you know where to send them. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Julie Starby, and I live in Chicago, so why don't you just knit me about 10 of those motherfuckers? Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> it's a great scarf. It's a, it's a great look. Mm-hmm. So uh, she comes out. She's being trailed by Rugus, whichever one it is then. I think it's Rupert at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Is it? Because he's pissed about Galus? Or is mm-hmm. it Angus who's pissed about Galus? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Same. Um, they straight get, white di- They get distinct personalities in season two. Yeah, later. <laughs> um so she comes out. She doesn't explain where she's going. And all of a sudden, Galus appears. And Poof. there was much rejoicing. <laughs> and everyone's like, yay. It's come out, come out, wherever you are. And what it is, is she's wearing, Galus is wearing something interesting here, too. It's like yeah, a it's poncho. Like a cape, like a fuzzy cape. It's really cute. It's great. Anyway, they go. It's also, you can see either like a blonde or a gray patch in her hair, especially in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she just looks kind of unhinged. Uh, but they go out looking for berries and shit, and they're just, like, shooting the shit, talking the talk, whatever. And then Galus happens to mention, oh, and we blew past this earlier, mm-hmm. that uh, part of the reason that Claire wasn't able to do the butt massage in the way the butt massage should be done is that uh, Colm's chambermaid yes. is off work. Wh- why? Because she's a lazy bones. Because her son died. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So Mrs. Fitz, in her infinite wisdom, is like, 
Oh, bless you, lass. You go home for about two hours and then come back and work some more. No, she sends her home. Uh, they're very understanding. <clears throat> and apparently Scottish work ethic is, oh, what, did your kid die? No, I think I'll show up to work anyway. Um, so the kid, we find out in that earlier scene, had been playing at this plate called the Black Kirk, the Black which Kirk. used to be an old abbey like or, an abbey yeah. or something and but it's all ruins now you know like one of those shitty he castles where the there, kids go to take the pot he was taken ill uh, he took the pot mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and <laughs> see she, she cracked her I didn't even I said it she didn't laugh and then she said it she laughed so this has happened before and nobody's put it together because everybody thinks it's because demons hang out at the Black Kirk so Mrs. Fitz in that scene earlier that we kind of blew by um, also happens to introduce her nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember? Do you remember in that pilot where they drive past that rock that the cock you rock? just happened to learn all this shit about for no reason? Yep. Then this nephew is the cock rock of episode True. three. True. So you just knew something bad's going to happen, and yeah, as it turns out, he also falls ill because he also went to the black kirk and got a demon. You he know, got a demon. like you do. And Claire. Claire and Galus have this interesting conversation. While they're gathering their Stevie like, Nicks herbs. You can't really, um, Rhiannon, think that uh, <laughs> that the, the, he's really possessed by a demon. And, and Galus gives her this interesting look and is like, well, he's... N- oh, no, she says, well, is he ill? She says, he's not ill. He's possessed. Claire's like, you can't really think that. And she says something about, to the effect of... The world thinks he's possessed, and it is dangerous for me to say otherwise. Right. Because Galus is sensible. That's but, what I'll say. Well, sensible. Well, let's throw some air quotes on that shit. <laughs> but in some ways. In some At ways. least she understands that part she of She understands it. how the world works. Right. We'll say that. Um, and Claire is like, well, fuck it. No, fuck it. I'm, 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 I'm going to go see that continue kid. continue to be a terrible time traveler. I'm going to go check on that kid. Which is the noble thing to do. Right. And the stupid thing to do. So mm-hmm. she goes, um, and she makes uh, Angus go along with her, and he is not having it. He doesn't even want to go in there because he thinks old Nick. Old Nick. Isn't that what they call old the devil? Neck. Old Nick. Neck. Neck. Is in there, so he's scared to even, like, approach this house. So she goes in, and this poor kid is tied down with, like, with, like, ace bandages. Yeah, he's like lashed to the bed, and it's sad. He's wan and white and like just fucked. And Mrs. Up. Fitz is there, and obviously distraught. And Claire just starts doing her like healing. Ma- oh, she also has that line with Chuck Davis: "A priest once told me my healing skills were a gift from God." And then mm. she goes, um, "But then, but the priest does not share this opinion." The priest shows up, and what did I call him? I called him Priestie McFuckface or something like you. Aut- you automatically know but when he walks in. But you know what? Because his name is Father Bane. Bane. Come on. Come on, guys. He was all, it was like, it, it's like if you, if you cast Clancy, what the fuck is his name? Clancy? Oh my God. English. No. Actor in general. Just IMDb Clancy and see what comes up. Clancy. God. Clancy Brown? Clancy Brown. Oh God. Villain. Is he just Villain a bad Villain in everything. Yeah. Bad guy? Yeah. Because yeah, this guy no, really. If you. Known for Redemption, should we all, like, He's. Uh, oh! And Carnival! Yes. 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 Also Daredevil. Ooh. And in Dare, I'm sorry, this is a spoiler. If you have seen Daredevil, you know what? It's not a fucking spoiler because they cast Clancy Brown. (laughs) So that guy's a villain. As a quote unquote good guy. 
Gee, I wonder what happens. Unpossible. Anyway. He's just got that. It's one of those situations where like. Evil face. <laughs> Sorry. Just as a side note. Apparently he's in SpongeBob SquarePants as a voice. Oh, who, who, who does is he voice? He? Uh, he it's, voices... it's Squidward, isn't it? Uh, he's Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs! <laughs> <laughs> We've learned so much. He's not on Outlander. <laughs> Uh, no, man, he, and doesn't Mr. Crab have an accent? Doesn't Mr. Crab have like a oh, yarrr yeah. pilot a kind of thing? Yeah. Fucking A, man. Maybe he should be an outlander. Super weird. Anyway, so you know what? I'm here I to play a biller. I guarantee he probably got an audition for Frank Randall, but they were like, no, wait. You can't no, be think, You can't be normal looking. I think, they, I think they pretty exclusively cast people from the British Isles. Is there an American on the show? I don't think there is. I mean, they well, had a chance to cast an American, yeah. and, and then they, they cast didn't, a British woman. They didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Clancy Brown. Okay, sweet. Uh, he's a great villain, but he's not on the show. So, point being, <laughs> that like sometimes you do something with a character that there's just no way anyone is ever going to believe they're anything but a son of a bitch. And when you name your bald, pasty priest with his weird, like dark circles under his eyes, because obviously he's not sleeping because he is awake, thinking of ways to torture people, especially women yeah. or um, little kids. Yes, it's clear. Uh, but when you also name that guy Father Bane, there's just no way. Like Bane rhymes with Cain, bitch. <laughs> uh. And and Bane Capital. <laughs> anyway, he shows up and is immediately like, "Who the fuck are you?" And Claire's like, hey, I'm just trying to help. And he's like, get the fuck out, bitch. And then he starts just like weirdly aggressively. Is this when he's doing the last right shit? Yeah. Like aggressively throwing holy water it's in this kid's terrifying. face. And it's really awful. And it's, I can't say that he's getting off on it, but he definitely is taking some sort of perverse pleasure in it. I had two like specific odd reactions one is there's a shot in that scene that's great but like very out of outlander world and it's when they shoot from above the crucifix mm-hmm. and you can see like the edge of the crucifix on the wall and the mm-hmm. kid's head beneath it and it's a beautiful shot but it's like not like any other shot in all in the whole show it's mm-hmm. so it's odd striking but odd and maybe that's intentional anyway the other thing is i i was Rewatching the episode before we recorded. And I was watching on my phone while I was waiting for an Uber. Um, that was a nightmare. But I'm waiting for my Uber and I walked out of Wi-Fi range. And then all of a sudden, I look at my phone to continue watching. And I notice there are subtitles. And it's when the priest is speaking Latin. And I was like, oh, I don't remember there being subtitles. Did they subtitle the Latin? Weird. Mm-mm. And I go to read it. And it says, like... Whatever the fuck he's saying. And in my head, I went, no, streaming with Sprint data plan. No, <laughs> streaming with Sprint data plan. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. It's because I'm not on Wi Fi anymore. But I was looking, I was like, no, streaming with Sprint data plan. No, streaming. And it was very strange. Anyway, so um, we know that this guy is the is, worst. Is the worst and is going to be back. Yes. So Claire, you know. Uh, in her infinite wisdom, hightails it the fuck out of there. Yeah, gotta go. Gets back to the old castle Leoc. And she's as in she's, the kitchen doing something. Well, so Angus like tells her to wait so he can, I think, get alcohol. I mean, Maybe they get spend a beer or something. Most He's of just their drunk. time yeah. 
Rupert and Angus spend a lot of time getting drunk in the kitchen when they're supposed to be watching Claire. Because she's hanging out in the like dungeon they most can't of the time, help right? Claire because they're too busy watching her. Anyway, yeah. he tells her to stay put. And she stays put. She's thinking about how she can find a way to help this kid and specifically voiceovers that Mrs. she believes that Mrs. Fitz would let her take a look at him if they can find a way to do it when the priest isn't around, whatever. And she just glances to her right. And there it is, a little slap and tickle in the corner. A, a little pickle tickle. A little pickle tickle. <laughs> no, the pickle's not both. <laughs> Not yet. But Jamie is totally making out with Larry. Yeah, it's real um, moist looking. And it's also like weirdly high school 70 seconds in heaven. Look, Like it's not, it's not hot in other words. It's like two kids slobbering on each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Claire sees it and she's like, ho-ho, Mr. McTavish. Hilarious. Oh, ho-ho, Mr. McTavish. She, so she thinks it's funny, right? Because she's like, oh, there they go. But she also gets like kind of an uncomfortable look on her face. Yeah, because. And we find out why later in the episode. But like she has kind of an odd thing. So at dinner that night, does it fast forward to that? Because I my next note is footsie when she messes with him about Larry. She's yeah, like, she I says, see that your you were. lips look swollen. Did a Philly hit you in the face? Yeah, because he works with the horses, get it? And also, he was making out with a horse. So, like, Philly, you get it. Mm. Oh, God. Julie, it took me, like, 15 seconds to catch up (laughs) to that joke. Uh, But he, uh, yeah, is basically just, like, very awkwardly tries to respond. Uh, He's incredibly embarrassed. Puts his foot on hers to, like, get her to stop talking. And she just keeps pushing it. And then she kicks him. And his beer goes everywhere. Also, Murta is sitting there. And he is like, oh, are you working with the Phillies now? Yeah, and then Jamie gets uh, so upset and gets up and leaves. And then Murta's like, dude, Claire, you got to stop it. I So I wrote down, this is the moment that I fell in love with Murta. Yes, agreed. And it's, you know what? We don't do this often enough, given how often we talk about him on the show. But can we just, like, raise a glass to Duncan LaCroix, one of the MVPs of the entire fucking series? It's true. Pamplemousse. 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 And he's so good in this scene. And it's so brief. It's, it's just also a tiny really well written. Who wrote this episode, Janine? This episode was written by... Um, uh, Anne Kenny. Anne Kenny. All right, Anne Maybe Kenny. Annie. A-N-N-E. And Kenny. It's good. You want you want the name should be pronounced correctly. But Marta looks looks at Claire and goes, Jamie needs a woman. Oh no, because first he says, Are you are if you're teasing Jamie about Leary, you should stop because he could get more than a swollen face. She's mm-hmm. like, What? A wife? And he says, Well Yes. yes. <laughs> and he needs a woman, not a lassie. Not a lassie. And Leary will be a girl until she's fifty. 50. And you know it. Mm-hmm. I've been a, it's I've been around long enough to know mm-hmm. that Jamie needs a woman, not a lassie, and Leary will be a girl until she's fifty, and you know it. Mm-hmm. So like, it's the first indication that we get. I mean, Murta's first moment where you're like, all right, is in the very first episode where he says like, I don't know what she is, but I would put money on the fact that she's not a a whore, mm-hmm. right? And then he lays low for a bit, but this is like. He not only knows what's going on, which I guarantee you, Jamie has not talked Talk to, him to him about. about. No way, no way. Add to the list of things that Jamie is bad at: not kissing and telling. Yes, like he's a discreet gentleman. Like he wouldn't have, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And he obviously thinks he's hiding something from Murta, but Murta knows, mm-hmm. so he's aware. 
He's like, on top of that, can't marry that. He knows that Jamie shouldn't marry Leary because he knows that Jamie needs like a grown ass woman and not a little girl has enough insight into this young woman to realize that she's going to be the way she is until she's a, a quote unquote grown ass woman. And that this basically complete stranger, stranger knows is the difference. insightful enough to right. know the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and he sells it so well. And so does Ketri Young. Um, she also like, you can see she looks a little ashamed of the way that she acted. It's just a great little scene. It's, I, I know I already said that the Mrs. Fit scene was my favorite scene in this episode, but it's not, it's this one. Uh, it's just really, really good. And then I don't know how we jump to this, but I do know that Gilf says, hey, Claire. Oh, it's because she goes outside to cry because she's ashamed. Oh, and she right. recognizes that she was teasing him because she's jealous. Right. Because she misses her husband so much. And not because she wants to climb that redwood. I because, mean, maybe both. I mean. Maybe both. Okay. But she says it's because she misses her husband. So she was jealous of right. their intimacy and she misses her husband. And she, so she's outside crying. Rupert is just standing there being like, I'm picking my fingernails. Weeping woman, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, and then Gilf emerges. The man who invented golf. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, want to go into town? And she's like, what? And he's like, I figured I'd take you over to Galus's house. So, so you can stock up for the gathering. So you can stock up. I don't know if you've noticed, but the gathering is coming. Yeah. Let's keep talking about the gathering when it doesn't actually happen in this episode. But so he's like, I'll take you down there. You'll get some stuff for your supplies that you'll need when everybody in the Highlands is here. So cut to them riding on horseback down. Gilf looks so fucking good on a horse. Yep. This was the first time when I was just like. Man, it just makes me want to take a musket and shoot the beret right off his beautiful head. There are some people who really look at home on a horse, and Graham McTavish is one of them. Yep. He's incredibly, it just looks really good. Just really? saying. Julie just got a far away look. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's, he can ride a horse. So if he's the man who invented golf, but he can ride a horse, does that make him the man who invented Croquet? What's the one where you're on horse? Polo, dude. Polo. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Croquet. Uh, 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 is he the man who invented polo? By Ralph Lauren? You know what? I hope not because that's a rich man's game and I need him to stay a little bit like working class. If well, you know no, what I'm but saying. It, for my fantasy life. Yeah, but how... But, but think. Pretty much all the good things that have been misappropriated by rich people started out for the poor. Well, I mean, he's the one that plays the shinty. He's the one that plays the lawn hockey or whatever at the end. So, you know what? Maybe he invented golf and polo because it's just hitting tiny balls with big sticks. That's what she said? That's, I don't know. I don't know. There was something there, but it's I think I missed it. Yeah, it's whatever. All, what the, all, the point being... He um, looks really good on a horse. And he probably has a great penis. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they're riding... Yes. A big stick. <laughs> <laughs> so they're riding horses through the town <laughs> to get to uh, Galus's. So Arthur Duncan's, the fiscal, because she's the fiscal's wife. So they show up so she can stock up for the, I don't know if you know this, but the gathering is coming. The gathering is coming. Yeah. So um, they show up and Galus is wearing, uh, if you're on Patreon, uh, you may have already heard this. If not, we may eventually release it, but it might stay Patreon only. Uh, We did a live show at Wizard World like a month ago. 
um, where Julie and I get to list some of our favorite costumes. We will again be doing an episode that's costumes only, but we specifically got to talk about some of our favorite costumes. And my favorite fucking costume is the costume Galus is wearing in this scene. It's a vest that Terry Dressbot calls the monkey, monkey fur vest. vest. Monkey fur. And Galus wears it backwards because Lottie Verbeek, who's a really good actress, also, like, they would give her costume pieces. She'd be like, oh, it's supposed to go this way? I'm going to wear it this way. And she'd put it on <laughs> wrong because Galus is odd. So she's wearing it backwards, and it's real furry and high-necked and strange looking and then she finally sits down and puts her feet up and she's wearing these teeny tiny red shoes and it is the witchiest most fabulous Mm -hmm. fucking thing it's so good anyway they're collecting herbs they're talking about white willow bark which we really could have used last weekend and doing they're just straight chilling having lady chats and then all of a sudden they hear a commotion outside lots of noise and then you see the kid is the kid being pulled in Yes, to be tried because be tried. he stole something. Because Some kid thieved something. He's the fiscal, so he's in charge of money, mm-hmm. which means he's also in charge of justice. Yeah, like why does he get to, to decide? Which like a much more honest representation of what the justice system actually, actually is. is. Burn. Yeah. Ooh, sick burn. America. <laughs> <laughs> so Galus' husband is the one that has to decide the punishment for played this. Played by like, who? Janine played by who? Galus' husband? C- Sinan? What's his name? Yeah. John, was it John Sessions? Is he a racist old American dude? Arthur Duncan, yeah. yeah. John Sessions? Yeah, but Sessions? isn't there also... No, I wouldn't be it. fucking he was, he surprised. Was born in uh, large Scotland. No, yeah. I'm saying that I think there's also a, a famous racist American whose last name is Sessions, Let's but I'm out. too drunk to remember. Ra- you look racist? it up. We'll keep talking about. So. Oh, but I just wrote racist Sessions, and I just. Please don't do that. Don't please do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, delete, no, delete, no, delete, abort, abort. So, um. Fucking Galus's husband gets to decide what to do with this little teen tough who and stole some so, gum from somewhere. So Galus mentions that that Arthur is going to decide, and if he was feeling better, he might be lenient. But because he's likely costive, which means constipated, or flatulent, which means farty. beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do something real farty. It means real farty. It means just fucking gassy as And fuck. Claire is upset. And you can see Galus is like, wait, don't, do they not do things this way in Oxfordshire? Sure. Yeah. Where you're from? Claire's like, uh, no, it's different. She's like, oh, weird. Okay. And then Arthur Duncan comes in, and I swear to God, it's like they put a whoopee cushion underneath each of his shoes. He's just like, walking in on a oh, fart cloud. Oh, my dear one, my dear one. I need some peppermint. I need to evacuate my mouth. Oh. But yeah, and that is just, not, Janine. No, that's that not, is not exaggeration. an exaggeration. No, no that's actually not that's, it. Not at all. Oh, my dear. So, oh, Galus, we see that Galus, this hot piece... <laughs> has found her way into being married to this gaseous, older, windbag, (laughs) pun fucking intended. And he walks in to get his medicine. And Claire's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to be lenient without introducing herself? Which, like, Claire, I get that you're on a mission and also that you're a bad time traveler. But that's not time traveling skills. That's manners. Yeah, you're just rude. I'm Claire. I'm Claire Beecham. Up and from the castle. I'm also, just a by the way, can you talk man. to me about this child? Yeah. Um, and he gets real defensive. And then, then Lottie Verbeek, bless her, has this moment where Galus like rolls her eyes so big and then turns right into like 
teeny tiny perfect way. Oh yeah, and I thought to myself, this is how a real mis- uh, and what is it? What is when a woman hates a man? Misandrist. Misandrist. Thank you. This is like Misandrist 101. She's so good at it. She just knows how to work him. She just goes like, oh, fuck, fine, if it really matters to you. Oh, my God. If our own union had been blessed with a jail and he was convicted, would you... Blah, blah, and she's blah. just like heaving in his face. And, and he like, just starts melting and, and he calls her dear heart. She goes, you are the one who is tender yeah, and she is really like just playing so playbook. thick. It's so thick. It's hilarious. And, and he, he gets up and it. starts farting again. He just <laughs> farts his way back to the door. And at the end, she goes, Oh, that was easy. And just <laughs> like, much. that's all you have to she do. She hits her button from Staples. <laughs> and, that was easy. And, and so instead, instead of being, because the, the punishment was supposed to be he was getting his hand cut off. So instead of having his hand cut off, he gets however many lashes. They're going to call Blackjack Randall. He's going to moonlight. Ooh. And then, um, not really. Oh, God. No. I just thought of all the other contextual reasons. That's bad. No, that's anyway, bad. he's going to get like two lashes or whatever. And then he's going to have one ear pilloried. And Claire doesn't know what that means. So she says, hey, Lottie Verbeek, what does pilloried mean? And she gets this like, why the fuck don't you know what that means? And it means they're going to nail his ear to the pillory in the town square we'll get whipped so they're just gonna take a big ass nail this kid put it through the cartilage at the top of his ear and nail it to a post and there's only one way to describe this kid who like doesn't have any lines it's just he's he's just just scared kid right (laughs) they get ready to to nail his ear to this post and the only way to describe what he's doing is four words claire dane's cry face (laughs) Ugly crying for the gods. Yes, it's like he's got the entire plot on the wall in crayon. It is something else. So he gets his ear knocked into the thing and he's screaming and it's horrifying. And all these people are like clapping and making fun of him because people are fucking assholes. So then, a couple hours later, they're still hanging out looking at herbs and shit. They still have their lady chats. And then this, a servant knocks on the door, oh. and mild-mannered Galus goes like, What the fuck do you want? It's because she was right there. She was trying to get information out of Claire, because she can tell something. She was right. like, tell me tell about your childhood. childhood. Yeah, because Claire says something about uh, her childhood being uh, interesting, or that she wrote, uh, wandered a lot. And Galus is like, that's my way in. And she's like... Tell me about your interesting childhood. And then the servant walks in and Galus is pissed. And then the servant is there to introduce Jamie. Jamie walks in. Galus goes, hey, Miss Beecham was just about to tell us about her interesting childhood. Aren't you interested? And she goes, I'm sure it's a good story. Have some port. Some port. (laughs) Port. And Jamie's like, we got to get back up to the castle. I'm not sure I like you. We have to go. Uh, I brought you a cloak because he's considerate. Mm-hmm. Things Jamie is bad at <laughs> forgetting your cloak. Yeah, no, he's always gonna um, have it. <laughs> he's really bad at forgetting your cloak. So he he spirits Claire out of there. They leave, and they're and the poor kid is still sobbing. He's Claire Danzing all over the pillory, and Claire's like, "Hey, um, you look like you have strong fingers. What about that kid? Why don't you just go but pull that nail on. out? You look like you have strong fingers." We find out later he does. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, so they staged this little scene where Jamie, who is a very good actor, gets up on stage and because uh, it's a stage and looks like he's taunting this kid, like he should just rip his ear off. Um, because that's the whole thing is that Jamie's like, all he has to do is rip it out, and then he can go. And then he and can you go. get the sense that Jamie would have done that shit. Hours ago, yeah, and maybe he already has when he still, was a kid. Right, but they, well, no, his ears are beautiful. Yeah, like you're right. Um, perfect. so they're perfect. So <laughs> the kid is still sitting there, and Claire's like, "Well, you look like you have strong fingers." Cut to Jamie getting up there and taunting this kid, and looking like he's about to rip the kid's ear off the pillory. And then Claire, and this is a moment as a book reader where I appreciate the show because catching them. Balfour is obviously very talented. Claire is a shitty actress. She gets better in season two, mm-hmm. but she's a shitty actress. And she goes like, oh, oh, and then faints off this raised platform. And as she faints, Jamie rips the nail out of the ear. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving. And she says, thank you. I know that was a risk. And he says, oh, I couldn't have a wee Sassanac lassie be braver than me. <laughs> She says, well, would you be willing to take another risk to help me again? And so then they go to... The Black Kirk. The Black Kirk. And he's talking all about how he and his kids, he, when he was a kid, he and his friends used to go up there and take the pot and do whatever. <laughs> and that this is where the demons live, and it's very clear that this is where everybody gets possessed. And she's like, Ugh, whatever, whatever. And they're wandering around this garden, and it, it's a good scene because they're talking about their pasts, and she's obviously mm-hmm. figuring out what's going on with this kid. And like ninety percent of my brain is following this good, well-written scene, well-acted scene. Well but it's scene. I'm kind of like ten percent of my it. brain is going kiss, kiss. <laughs> but then he kiss. says something about wood garlic, and she goes, "What do you mean wood garlic?" And he goes, "Well, you know, we would eat it." And she's like, "Okay, so there's what where like this one," and he points at a leaf, and she's like, "Oh, that's not wood garlic." And she goes, "Did the monks who founded this abbey come from Germany?" <laughs> And Jamie's like, Germany? And she goes, Prussia, Prussia. Did they, did they come from Prussia? Uh, Claire using words that Jamie doesn't understand will become a recurring theme. I cannot wait until episode like, like nine. Like where we get clitoris. To, that would be a good well, one. No, the well, good, but he'll understand it real quick. No, the, my favorite word that Jamie doesn't understand is fucking <laughs> oh yeah that's we'll right get there <laughs> anyway but so she finds out that the monks who built this old abbey that's now in ruins came from germany and brought lily of the valley with them so this is some walter white fucking bullshit mm-hmm. so lily of the valley is poisonous and these kids have been going up there and eating these berries so that's what's happening to mrs fitzgibbon's um nephew nephew so claire's like yeah and she runs back down to the house, and this kid is just about to die. Like, yeah. he's right there, like, knock, 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 that's death's door. Like, right he, there. like he's seen the blue fairy. Yeah, he's ready. He's, he's so there. And, he's then, ready. and you know what? The afterlife's, it seems to me like being a child in Scotland might be kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. So, did Claire rob him of a great experience? I don't know. Anyway, he's about to die. And then the priest is there, and Claire comes in, she's like, get away, I know what it is, I know what it is. And the priest won't let her touch him. And then she looks at Mrs. Fitzgibbons and she's like, dude, I know what this is. Do you want me to help your kid or not? And Mrs. Fitzgibbons tells him to get out, tells the priest to get out. And he is like really mad about it. But she's like, this is my father's fucking house. Get out. And the priest leaves. 
And Claire has this moment where she acknowledges that like what she's doing to this child is either going to save him or kill, kill him because she doesn't know how to administer the dosage of the um, chemical antidote she has. It's, a, it's some other herb that counteracts the lily of the valley thing. Yeah. But she can't, there's no way for her to tell whether or not she's dosing him right. So then she gives it to him. There's a tense moment. And then he like wakes up and he's alive. And Mrs. Fitzgibbons is like, holy shit. And she, and you know what, Claire? That would have been a great time to mention that you were from the future. <laughs> I am from the future. Wait, by the way, I knew this. I just saved your kid. Can we please talk it's about because I, I'm the future? It's because I watched Breaking Bad and I knew how that I know happened. How it works. I know how it works. Please, just someone believe me. Yeah. Instead, she just goes back to Kesselliak for the party. Yeah. And what happens at that party? Oh, wait. Julie? The Ooh. priest on his way out does have a great line that I really liked, which was. I smell the vapors of hell on you. Gee, I it's wonder like, if you know he's going to come back. I smell your shitty breath, Priesty McFuckface. Get out of here. <laughs> Father Bane. Father Bane. What else do I have? So oh, they go to the party. They start calling her the miracle worker, and I'm like, water, water. <laughs> but that was just me. I don't know if anybody else said it. There, there was a hand gesture associated with that. I'm going to go ahead and let you folks at home guess what <laughs> I think you all know. Patty Duke knows. R.I.P. Oh, God. Did Patty Duke die? Yeah, she died this year. Oh. 2016's been rough. (laughs) Rest in peace, Patty Duke. So they go back, and there's another Harpy Guy performance. He's still there. Fucking, you know why? Because the wreck of the Edna Fitzgerald is always playing somewhere. (laughs) Well, also, because if you're going to travel, like, 96 days to get two miles or however the fuck it long it takes them to get from place to place. You may as well stay for a while. So there's so, another there's another Harpy McSingerson concert. And he starts singing, and literally this song sounds exactly like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. But this time she understands the words. Well, Jamie is interpreting them, remember? He's, He's telling translating. Her. So right. there's a woman... What does she do? It's a song that the woman sings. She's mourning. They hear it from the stones that she went back in time and was lost and her family mourned her and then she went back and it's very sad. It's a sad story, but you can see Claire being like, no, seriously, the fuck? Except she skips over the part in her mind where it, he says to her, she lives in the past for a time. And strangers become friends and lovers. And she just like, boop, that just goes over her head. Yep. Like, oh, oh, I can get back. Never mind anything else. As opposed to the fact that I could be trapped here for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she gets it in her head that this means that there is a way to get back. She can go I gotta back go through to the stones. Rocks. I got to get to the dick, dick rock. So that it, it ends with her being like, I got to go. <laughs> and that's it. And we get some like aggressive adventure music. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then this one in the after the show thing, they did say that this particular episode was not at all adapt, like not very much related to the book. Like yeah. Father Bane was introduced in a completely different way. And yes. so this was a very adaptive episode for yes. television. And a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so let's do our scale, Julie, and then we'll do our little spoiler section. Okay. Um, so I like this episode quite a lot. Uh, it was okay. It, it to me, it's like gathering, 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 well, gathering. Like, like, like I was saying, it does feel like a place setting episode. Except but it's, for it's everything setting, that happens is interesting. It's setting a lot of stuff up. It's setting up the relationship with Father Bane. 
it's starting to like give you a little bit more titillation about Jamie and Claire. Like you're get, there's stuff happening, but and it, I, I it also say feels a one little thing filler. about Jamie and Claire. Julie and I are not going to go into specifics of what may or may not happen with Jamie and Claire in any way, but we both feel, and even Janine, who hasn't seen the show, feels that it is obvious <laughs> enough from the promotional materials and from the way the story is being told that he is being set up as a love interest that we do not have to be coy about the fact that there is a Jamie Claire romance situation in the works. So we're not going to be. Hmm. We're just not going to be. Um, because it's not, like, if, you, it's obvious. if you've ever watched a television show, then you know that that's a thing that's going to happen. Have you ever eventually. watched Moonlighting? <laughs> <laughs> have you even seen Murphy Moon- Brown? Have you ever watched Moonlighting, bro? So anyway, that's we do not consider the fact that there's a uh, prospective Jamie Claire romance a spoiler. Uh, anyway, so scales. So uh, as always, our our metrics are not planned. Um, so we'll start with the doing it scale. Still not so good. I mean, we get to see. Well, we get sexual tension, but let me get, let me give up. you the parameters. Okay, let's do. Um, so just like, let's do. Cubs Bartman era. <laughs> okay. And Cubs Jake Arietta era. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I don't care about the Cubs, but we live in Chicago, so go Cubs, I guess. Ooh. Please don't riot and burn down Lakeview. Well, I'm going to tell you that um, I don't know enough about the Cubs roster during the Bartman time because Bartman was the guy that caught the foul ball that, like, fucked them. He wasn't actually a player. But I don't know enough about their roster, but that was kind of back when baseball players were fat and gross. Um, Arietta is not fat or gross. He's a, he's a very good looking man. And he does Pilates. What? You know what? Somebody needs to give that man a kilt. Ugh. Woof. Should um, we, should we, we uh, maybe our, maybe our listeners can help us. Uh, yeah, no, if no. you want to crowdsource <laughs> a kilt for Jake Arietta, like a victory kilt, a Cubs victory kilt. Yeah, and it'll be, it'll be white, red, and blue. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Yes, in the in the Cubs tartan. I don't know if you can find that, but I bet <laughs> anyway, you can. So where is it on that scale? Uh, well, it's definitely not. You can use your own sports metrics, and Julie, I know exactly what sports metric. Okay, use. okay. Well, I mean, the the teasing of will they, won't they. This is depressing, but I'm going to say it. Rex Grossman Bears. Oh. They For- made it all the way to the motherfucking Super Bowl that year, and they shouldn't have. And it was luck. And then they got destroyed by Unpatit Manning. Unpatit Manning. Not even La Grande Manning. Unpatit Manning. This is a very specific me and Julie joke where we call Eli Manning Unpatit Manning. <laughs> and we call Peyton Manning Ungrand Manning. But we could also call Peyton Manning Unkashgrabmanning <laughs> because of his fucking, I'm going to go home and drink a Budweiser. <laughs> well, I mean, Eli's done his fair share of commercials too, but anyway, he did destroy no, Rex No, but Grossman. in his speech when he was the fucking MVP of the Super Bowl? Come on. Mm-hmm. Chicken parm, you taste so good. <laughs> what? You guys are, by the way. Have you not heard that? I am not That's a, a Peyton Manning joke. That's so a Peyton Manning joke. Chicken parm, you taste so good. What's the one that he does when he's mowing the lawn? I, I don't know, but there's... The only other one he's I remember really good is, in a commercial. I just love that new car smell. He's just really good in commercials, though. Like, Peyton Manning is really... 
They're nationwide yeah. commercials because no. he sings the nationwide. Nationwide is on your side, Why but with he, different but words. It sounds like he's the Matt Damon of those. <laughs> oh you no, mean, that is a that is that's too high of price. No, you no, mean no, no, you no. mean Matt Damon from Team America? Team like okay. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha! I gotcha! I gotcha! Yeah, <laughs> Matt Damon. Okay. Anyway. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Okay. Janine is giving us the sign that we are going to <laughs> We're going so. to like. All right, so Rex Grossman Bears, go. All right, so uh, costume scale from, mm. I know we're talking about outerwear, so I'm going to try to go outerwear. From mm. uh, While You Were Sleeping, <laughs> where Sandra Bullock has a... Fingerless gloves and... The whole thing. She cold all the time. Uh, to, let's say, um, the, uh, I just heard you swallow in the mic. It was excellent. Delicious. <laughs> to uh, the 90s remake of Miracle on 44th Street, 34th Street with Mara Wilson. Oh, God. God, that's so weird that you brought that up because she that movie was in my love. mind earlier today. She got a little cute cap. It's coordinated. Also, apparently, I'm sorry, again, not sponsored, but Mara Wilson just wrote a book called Where Am I Now? I, I read that. That is apparently excellent. Mm. So read that book. Um, I well, I need to go with something that has excellent warm outerwear in it. Okay. Uh, oh, this one's hard. Um, something that's uh, the Highlander. Doy. Doy. Okay. Doy. I'm not ranking this week because we're running short on time, and also mm-hmm. I agree with Julie. <laughs> uh, all right. So ability to get up and get another beer. Oh, let's Ugh. go. Okay. God, I always say speed. Here's what I learn when I re-listen. I always say speed like it's the because, first time I've said speed. <laughs> but speed is like a high watermark because you know that yeah. you got to go 55 miles an hour. It's over. All right, <laughs> let's, do, let's do this. On the low end, let's say the Gwyneth Paltrow version of Emma. Ugh. And on the high end, the fourth chapter of six of the BBC Pride and Prejudice. Oh, where she goes to Pemberley? What? Well, they have where they have no. It's where they have the the fight. Oh, where he asks her to marry him, and yes. she's like, "Fuck you." Where he she where he asks her to marry him by saying like, "By you're, the way, everything about dumb, you is disgusting, and your parents don't have any but money." But I love you. Oh, god damn yeah. it! Uh, so very gripping, right? So so <sighs> okay. Emma Gwyneth uh-huh, Paltrow Emma uh-huh. to fourth episode BBC Pride and Prejudice. I'm actually going to uh, go straight Pride and Prejudice on this. And I'm going to go BBC because it's the only one. And uh, I'm going to say, like, second episode. Because I could get up whenever I wanted. Really? I think second episode is the one where she walks through the mud because Jane is sick, right? No, that's later. No, I think that's two. When she has to go when she has to go hang out with Caroline and all that bullshit. Yeah. All right, then maybe we'll back it up to three. When it's just bullshit setting up for the ball or whatever. And it's kinda of boring. No, again, I think that's two. Okay, then I'll stay with two. Cause yeah, you do have really great scenes like Galus sniffing around and stuff, but you also have long periods of time that are kind of filler and like Yeah. Meh. So yeah. Pride but and Prejudice. It's a, it's BBC a- episode. Two. And here's the thing about that BBC Pride and Prejudice. I cannot imagine there is a single person that's not Kevin Lambert that's listening to us right now that has that not, has seen, not it. seen it. <laughs> but if you haven't, you should really watch it because then you're just you're just gonna remember all the reasons that Colin Firth is so fuckable. He's so good. Anyway, um, and also everyone in the cast is great. But uh, so here's how it works. Now we're gonna read our list of Patreon patrons because they they are our Patreon patrons. I have to flip back past all of my Bridget Jones's baby notes. 
pass my League of Their Own notes. Uh, anyway, um, so we need to thank Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, and Kathleen Moniz, who support us through Patreon, as well as all of our other Patreon patrons who are giving it lower amounts, which are still incredibly valuable. We can't uh, believe it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We got some new ones in the last two days that I haven't added to the list yet, so we'll do that in the next episode, and we'll... Um, there's still lower amounts, but we want to make sure that we thank you by name. So thank you. And we'll do that next episode. Um, we want to thank you. We want to thank our not sponsors because we paid for the beer ourselves of this week. Although one of them, we got off a punch card. I guess that's the next episode. We'll so, do that next time. Yeah. In a way, that's free. It's yeah. kind of free. Uh, anyway, Two for one. Two for one. Empirical Brewery, uh, brewing for the science of beer, whatever the fuck the thing is. And it was uh, IPA. Exploring. The science, science of beer. beer. What, but what IPA was it? Infinity IPA. It's delicious. Which they, they bottle in the six pack, so you can definitely, in Chicago, yeah. you can Infinity buy IPA. Infinity it's IPA. It's very beer. good. And we did, this episode was one growler. Yep. Good on us. Mm-hmm. For uh, and mm-hmm. uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for reviewing. Thanks for commenting on the blog. Thanks you for guys, all the things. You guys, psst, psst. I'm going to take you to the side away from Allison for just a second. We love it when you review us. Like... It really, like, makes our day. Like, when we read your reviews, we laugh. And we're like, people listen to our show, and they like it. So please leave a review. Julie, what are you saying about me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm Julie Fugue State. Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, we, <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to play, like, 15 seconds of Yakety Sack. <laughs> and be right back to talk about some spoilery things. So if you are watching the show for the first time and you do not want to be tipped off to things that happen in the future, it's a brief segment. Or You're the not- past. Ooh. You guys, that was, that was fucking deep. You can stop listening and your enjoyment will not be lessened. However, if you have either seen the show or read the books and you want to listen on, we'll have a very brief conversation about a specific aspect of the show, the enjoyment of which is heightened if you've already seen it. Anyway, uh, so here comes Yakety Sax, and if you're leaving us now, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Podlander Drumcast and Outlander Podcast. Welcome to Spoileromianama. <laughs> oh, We've had okay. no suggestions on Twitter. You, so you, went, you, went, you went with that. It's cool. It's cool. Spoil toner tonaton tlunner. Um, we're at the end of every episode when we're talking about season one. We talk about one thing that will not mean the same thing if you haven't watched either to the end of the season or to season two. And in this case, what we want to talk about is all the shit that Galus does where she's trying to figure out Claire's fucking deal. Uh-huh. And you can tell, if you're listening to this, you have agreed to be spoiled or you already know. So Galus is from the fucking future. future. <laughs> so Galus is trying to figure out, is she a time traveler? Or is she just nuts? Like, what the fuck is, is her deal? Is she a witch? Is she a witch? Um... And it's great to watch her ask all of these questions. And I think it really starts in the episode previous, but this is the one where you really notice She's it. totally fishing. Uh, so this is a place where our unique perspective comes in handy. Because, as you know, if you've been listening to the show, I've read all the books, including both of the outlandish companions, including the one that's basically just floor plans. Supplemental materials. Whereas Julie hasn't read any of them. Nope. So And never will. Well... 
here, you know what? I challenge you on that. If the show gets canceled, you won't find out how the story ends. Oy vey. That'll be rough. Yeah, you will. Mm. I mean, the show's not going to get canceled. But let's say after season four, they discontinue the show. You're really not going to find out I how it ends? I bet they won't, though, man. But if it does, you're really not going to find out how it ends? <sighs> of course you will. Because you know what? The sex is better in the books because you get to imagine it. That's what my aunt says. Well, your aunt and I are lockstep on this one issue, and based on my knowledge of your aunt, no others. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyway, so in this case, we I thought this would be useful. Julie, mm-hmm. when you were watching season one of Outlander the For first the first time, time, did you have any idea Gail's from the future? No, I thought she was a witch. I thought that she was actively trying to figure out if Claire was Ken. You know, I, I I thought that she was just a fucking weirdo. So when, at this point, so when we get went, so when did that change for you? Well, that when she says 1968, it, cha- it changed. Again, spoiler Yeah, it changed in the witch's trail episode. Yes, uh, before she actually says it or not. I think a little bit before because aren't they trapped in the mud pit? Yeah, I think that there was and a she little bit. Quotes, <clears throat> God, Churchill. Like, I think. Is it Churchill? I think it's Churchill. And I was like, huh? I regret that I only have one, but one life to give yes. for my country. Who yes. the fuck is that? It's Winston Janine. Churchill. That is Churchill. Yeah. And I remember going, huh? Oh, well, that makes a lot of fucking sense. You know? Yeah. And then when she... And you can see yeah. her go, Mer? And you see Claire be like, whoop, because she actually heard that Winston Churchill quote, like yesterday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Uh, I only regret that I have one life to lose for my country is actually Nathan Hale. Yeah, American Revolutionary. Damn, I suck. Well, that's because really you can attribute any quote to Winston Churchill and 90, t- 90 times out of 100, you're rich. Right. Near, far, wherever you are, I know that my heart will go on. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Which, which by the way, Nathan Hale was uh, 1755 to 1776. But still after when they are right now because it's 1743. So, no Claire. they're both from the... I wouldn't have got one of those chips. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I would say at this point in my first watch of the show, I did not know that Galus was from the future. I just thought she was either a witch or like a woman who lived in this time while trying to actually live. So in rewatching it, What's yeah. your experience in rewatching it? Is it more obvious? Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's my experience in watching it the first time. Is you can see Galus, and it's fishing. not just fishing. It's not quite so obvious in the books. I'm not gonna lie. Galus, like, clearly senses it, but it's not so actively trying to like test it out. Yeah, because Lottie Verbeek is fishing. Well, and, yeah, well, and it's, that's part of one of the great things about TV is you can see somebody thinking. Like, you mm-hmm. can't see someone think in a book. Mm-hmm. Which is... Actors! They're <laughs> wonderful! <laughs> so you can not, see her assholes. being like... What the fuck is your deal? Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you from as late as I am? So, like... What, do, You're not from as late as I am. Like, we're gonna get to the point where... We're going to be able to say, like, oh, no, you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. But at this point, I just want to raise a glass to Galus Duncan as being an excellent fucking time traveler. Yeah. You know what? She's made it this far. Yeah. Claire, not a good time traveler. But you know what? Spoilers. No spoilers, because you're still listening. Galus had the time to fucking, like, prepare for it and think about it. Claire had no time to prepare and think about it. Sure. That's true. 
So Galus had actually thought about these things like, oh, well, when I get there, I should obviously find the husband right away. I need to make sure I'm wearing appropriate undergarments. And I need him to have a certain amount of money. And I need to, uh, you know, establish I myself need- as a, a, a healer. I need to, t- to find a way to save some money for Barney Prince Charlie. <laughs> Who is also a douchebagger. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I would say I did not know, but on a second, on a rewatch, it's pretty clear. I'm also curious, uh, I know a lot, in fact, I'm going to say the vast majority of you listening, based on the conversations that we have on Twitter and Facebook, etc., um, are people who are listening again, right? So if you're listening again, we're not listening again, watching again and listening with us, um, if you've already listened to the show and you've seen season two and all of this shit, um, please, please, on Facebook or on Twitter, find us and tell us when you fucking figured out that Galus was from the goddamn future. Would you please try to tag it as a spoiler just for the people who aren't caught up yet? Um, but I want to know who else saw it coming, if anyone. Because uh, as and a book, usually, when I was reading the book, I didn't see it coming. Usually, this is my superpower, and Allison will tell you that it's my it's superpower. True. Julie can guess anything in any movie. I predict things that happen like five minutes after I predict them, and I do. I do it all the time with a certain amount of glee, which sucks because it's something that my mother does that drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm just better at. I it I didn't than she see is. The Sixth Sense with Julie, but here's my very brief reenactment of Julie <laughs> watching The Sixth Sense. Opening credits play, Bruce Willis is dead. No, no, this is actual real. Okay. Usual suspects. Friend of mine was so excited to get me to watch it at his house on video after it had been in the theaters. Movie starts, they're on the boat. You see Kaiser Sose from the waist down smoking a cigarette. Then it flashes to the police station and, and Kevin Spacey is there and asks for a cigarette. And I'm like, he's Kaiser Sose. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend was like, what the fuck? And I was like, it's the way he holds a cigarette. He's holding a cigarette the same way the guy was on the boat. It's the same guy. And John's like, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, on the <laughs> internet, find us, tell us when you've decided Gales was from the future. Please tag it as a spoiler. Um, Janine already knew this because the one episode of season two that Janine watched was Red Tights episode. Yep. Yeah. So Janine already knew this. But uh, he still seems moderately surprised. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, I think I, uh, what I'm intrigued to find out about is, uh, and this is a season three question, is mm-hmm. the rules of that time travel-esque kind of things, which I think will be semi-addressed. But I'm, in, I'm intrigued by that concept. It's that. very ooky spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's the actual end of the episode. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. What up? Uh, we're going to report Cord another episode in like two and a half minutes after we eat some chips and Janine pees, and then I also pee. Um, but for the rest of you who aren't us, we will see you in a week. Thanks for listening, review, Patreon, all the shit. You're the best. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Bye.